Yeah. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Lavender Fix podcast. I'm your host, Sabreen Hazik, and I have to say that the last episode on Indian matchmaking got such an overwhelming response that I absolutely had to reach out to a very special and loved cast member from the show, um, the show, which is Indian Matchmaking on Netflix, uh, to really continue the dialogue on breaking stereotypes and challenging societal norms that are, of course, associated with the arranged marriage tradition in South Asia. So today I have with me none other than Manisha Das, uh, and the background story goes a little bit like this. So I had uploaded the episode artwork for my last episode uh, with Isha Yadav on my Instagram story, um, and I had used the hashtag Indian Matchmaking, and I believe Manisha was following that hashtag, and she came across my story on her Instagram uh, explore feed, yay! Um, and she decided to react to it with an emoji, and she also uh, dropped me a very sweet line. And quite frankly, I wasn't sure if it really was her in the beginning. But it was, and I jumped out of my uh, chair when I realized that, and and so of course I had to ask her to join us on the show because it would have been an opportunity missed. Um, and so for those of you who don't already know this, uh, outside of the Indian matchmaking world, uh, Manisha is actually a super passionate um, healthcare research analyst, and she has been practicing occupational therapy for over five years and can speak four languages. Wow. So without further ado, uh, I would like to welcome Manisha on the show. Hi, Manisha. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Hi, I'm lovely. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you this. I don't always ask all the guests this question, but I kind of am really tempted to ask you this, you know. So, <laughs> what did you think when I reached out to you? Did you think I was like some random Instagram bot? <laughs> <laughs> Serene, I was thrilled. Um, honestly, I had read about Lavender Fix, Fix excuse me, briefly before, um, and I thought it was such a noble and kind initiative. I love your show. I love how you tackle really important issues and my favorite topic, the importance of self-love. So um, I was really thrilled to hear from you. Aww. So first of all, the fact that you've, you've read about my podcast <laughs> makes me feel like, what did I do right? <laughs> I must have done something. Your show, your show, doing doing the lavender fix is what you've done, right? <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's just all about, you know, some of the, some of the observations I make not just on television, but also in real life. And I try to get as many people with, you know, experiential learning to the forefront. So, you know, we can encourage some form of knowledge sharing. So I think that's, it's all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how do you, how do you feel now that uh, the, the, the show is out and you watched your parts and those of, uh, you know, other people? How do you feel about um, the presentation of, of each individual on the show? Yeah, yeah. I will start by saying I'm extremely grateful. Um, I think it's been such an honor, such a privilege really to be on this show. Um, 
it's it's introduced me to great friends, um, you included, and it's introduced me to some people that you know I don't know that our paths would have crossed otherwise. I usually believe, you know, dunya bo chotiya, but it's still hard to you know cross paths, especially in a time of you know social isolation and distancing and a global pandemic. Um, but it's funny, like I've found you know I've come across so many great people, so many great personalities. Um, you know, even in times of COVID mm-hmm. um, because of the show. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, in terms of how I feel, you know, how I was presented, it's very surreal to see yourself on television. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can only fit so much about a person in, you know, an episode. With episodes are, I think, an hour long. So, yeah. you know, you, you really can't tell the entire the entirety of a person, but I do feel that I was portrayed um, genuinely and authentic to who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And w- what was your initial reason for um, entering the show? Yeah, so um, my cousin Pratik, he actually is the reason. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I have to give him credit because I always give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. So he had found a post actually on Instagram, and he, um, you know, sent it to me and said, "Listen, you know, we've really tried pretty much everything to try to get you to meet somebody. We've never thought about a matchmaker." And, mm-hmm. you know, the the post was just, it was a very generic, like, you know, looking for South Asian millennials, single, looking for love, um, you know, send us your sort of bio data and some photos. And I didn't even have a bio data at the time. And right. earlier that year, actually, so this was in September of 2018. Earlier that year, I, um, I had a very tragic death in my family. My dog, my younger dog had passed away. Um, his name was Zeke. Oh, I'm sorry. And... Yeah, thank you. Um, so I was, it was extremely depressed. Um, it happened very suddenly, um, you know, as as sudden death often does, like just caught me completely off guard and left me in a really dark place. And I know that, you know, my, my family was particularly concerned about, you know, me reclusing myself and not really doing things that I enjoyed. And so they really, you know, they really were trying everything to kind of pull me out of this, um, like really dark place. And I was just, you know, I, I think I was open to it because it was so nuanced and so different than anything that I had done before. I'd been on dating apps. I've been set up by friends. My parents have set me up. Um, I'm pretty active in our, like, uh, temple here. And, you know, people from the Mandir have always tried to introduce me to people as well. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, why not? Let me let me try something that potentially has a chance of working. So that was really my my desire or the, you know, the reason why I, I found out about the show. Mm-hmm. And and how did your parents um, respond to your decision to hop <laughs> on, you know, the Indian matchmaking bandwagon? What was their response? Yeah, so I think I'll give a little backstory about my parents first. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. They actually, so my, I mentioned this on the show as well. Uh, my dad's Bengali and my mom's Punjabi. So, you know, two from two different, um, you know, backgrounds in India. But they, they were neighbors um, as teenagers and they fell in love with each other. Um, oh. And I'm talking about a, you know, pre, they were in a very, uh, a long distance relationship, pre internet. So, you know, they wrote letters to each other, love letters wow. to each other. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they, I mean, that's the, that's the story that I've grown up hearing. You know, most people watch like love stories on TV or read about them in books and novels. And like mine was, you know, just growing up with it. Like I had heard about mm-hmm. it in my, my own household. Um, and they, you know, they were, obviously like they they went against their parents and their you know elders and their family to to be with one another so for them like when I kind of brought up this concept 
um, of even, you know, auditioning for the show. They were, they took some pause. They, um, you know, they were like, are you sure you want to do this? This is, you know, like we've never, like arranged marriage is not something that we're very familiar with. Right. Um, And this concept of using a matchmaker, but you know, they were, they've been supportive um, in every aspect of my life. Um, Mm. I I remember very, very vividly, uh, I had graduated from undergrad and I had this strong desire to go and work in India um, and to volunteer in like the slum community there. And I, I mean, I had very little like to my name in terms of like savings or anything like that. And Mm. I said, you know, mom, dad, this is something I want to do. This is something I'm passionate about. And they were supportive and they've done that really with anything. I mean, my career paths, I've kind of had this really um, zigzag, if you will, career path where, you know, I've, I got an undergrad degree. I worked for a couple of years, went to school, got a master's in occupational therapy, worked as an occupational therapist. Then I decided to go back to school, get a second master's degree. And they've just always been extremely encouraging. Any decision I've made, you know, they'll always say, like, you know, why do you feel this is the right decision? Or what mm. is your reason for doing this? Just to kind of help me talk sure, through it. Of course. Um, but they've been so encouraging and I'm I'm really grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so they're they're response was you know a little bit that caused me to also think about am I doing this for the right reasons you know why am I doing this so Mm. I have to say that that is very rare um (laughs) it it is you know like if I were to pre pre pre-marriage if I were to say to my parents I'm planning to join or go on this show they wouldn't really care about the reasoning I think they would just be like yay she wants to get married or I don't know it could it could swing either way but like I feel like that is very rare and I still remember in one of the episodes just before you met Vyasar one of the other uh, Mm. cast members that your mom she looked at you while you're applying Kajal or something and she said how are you feeling like literally that question coming from a parent is like nostalgia to me nobody like in my family ever asks me um so how do you feel <laughs> like do you feel okay it's like you better feel okay because we're going to see this yeah. guy so buck up <laughs> so I thought that is that was really refreshing for me to see yeah. and I could already tell that your parents are sort of a very big support system in your life they are, um, that yeah. was I think very evident okay so what were you hoping to um arrive at through this journey I mean did it go as expected uh, marriage was the, was the <laughs> goal. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I think it's, it's the cat's out of the bag now, right? Like we, it definitely didn't go as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned, you know, I've said this so many times and I really believe it to be true. I, this, I knew that Vyasa and I didn't work out last year, right? I knew that right. uh, a year before everybody else did. And I've had a year to sort of process, um, you know, a lot of the emotions that happen after something doesn't work out, after a relationship specifically doesn't mm-hmm. work out. And I think that I, anything that happens in life, I my first question is, okay, what's the, you know, yeah, I, I might have an emotional sort of knee-jerk reaction to it, but mm. my, my you know, utmost question that's const- constantly there is, what what's the lesson here? What was I supposed to learn from this? Mm. And I really think that this, Indian matchmaking journey specifically has taught me so much about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I am so much clearer now in my heart's compass and which direction I kind of want to go in. Um, And then I think the most important thing that I've learned through this process is 
the value in sort of staying single until you meet the right person. Um, you know, I know that, uh, that shortly after the show came out, you know, everybody was who's still together because there, you know, there were, my ending was unique in that, you know, I ended things with Vyasar on screen. Yeah. And I don't think that happened um, for a lot else. of the other. Yeah. True. Yeah. With anybody else. And so it was kind of like people had questions. People wanted to know like, oh, or, you know, what happened with Nadia and Shaker and what happened with, you know, yeah. Pratuman and Rushali. And I think that, you know, and even Vyasa and Rashi, like people had questions about that. Right. And I think, um, you know, there's an article that came out really shortly after was that none of us, you know, stayed with the people that we were matched with sure, yes. and I think that just goes to show too like how important it is to stay single until you meet the right person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think I did read it somewhere that because I mean my first question was oh my god is everyone still together and I think I did come across <laughs> an article where uh, you know I think everyone was kind of frantically looking for some source to to tell them if if it's true yeah. so that's that um, speaking of singleness i wanted to say that because my next question is actually related um mm-hmm. you know of course like most participants were there went on the show because they were looking for something they were you know either hoping to form lasting relationships or they were hoping to fall in love or just really meet someone that they would like and that could potentially you know convert into something else um what i really liked personally about the show was i think the rawness of it it was extremely unfiltered um and i can say that with confidence because um some of my friends and relatives who are currently uh, fortunately or unfortunately going through <laughs> this drill uh, the arranged marriage process they've been telling me that the show it presents the process in the exact same manner because i initially as someone who's never been through it i thought that it's slightly dramatized uh, but they all told me that that it's not and that's exactly how it is um however as a viewer i did feel like the show presented and i think it's there's nothing wrong with that but it presented singleness almost as an issue right mm-hmm. now with reference to what you were talking about earlier about you know the importance of being single is singleness an issue yeah you know i will say to i i definitely agree with what your friends this is my first sort of mm. um Trist. like i've never <laughs> i've never yeah i've never met uh, uh i've met you know my my ex-boyfriends and stuff i've met their families i've never met them the very first like the first time i'm meeting him i've not also met his grandparents his uncle right. aunt mom like his cousin you know all, that was my very first time doing that so yeah definitely not edited and i mean it it is a very um it's like not only do you have cameras in tow that are also recording like your every sort of reaction and move but also you know meeting people's family that's a really big deal too oh, i'm yeah. very close to my family and like if i was inviting somebody into my home and they were meeting my entire family like i would be like oh my gosh what like this can go really well or this can go you know <laughs> so i will say yeah definitely not edited definitely very raw um i to answer your question about singleness i don't know that the show um you know intended to present that i think the shows you know i remember early in the early stages talking to the producers and um i said you know i was extremely optimistic um as i tend to tend to be the glass is always half full in my books um and i you know i said 
to the producers I said well what happens if I meet like the one like what happens mm-hmm. if you guys introduce me to this guy and you know we we end up hitting it off and they said well then you know we we follow your story and we tell your story I said oh so like there's a chance that my wedding could be on Netflix you know and they were like yeah that'd be great that's our goal you know and so to hear that like I can yeah. I can tell you that I don't think the show intended to present um, you know, singleness as an issue. But I think it, and the other thing too, to, to keep in mind too, is the producers, like they, it was unique in that, you know, yes, Vyasar and I kind of on, on camera, we had that date and then we continued the conversation right. off camera too. Um, and the producers would check in with us. They would say, you know, listen, there's no pressure. Um, mm. to, if, if you don't feel like, you know, you're not interested, please, you know, you have to be honest with yourself at the end of the day. Like this is something that you, this is mm-hmm. your life. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was no pressure from them. And again, I mean, everyone from the show broke it off with their match. So I don't think right. they, the show really pushed us to do one thing or another, mm-hmm. but yeah, I will say as a society, and I can understand where you're coming from when you when mm-hmm. you say that, because as a society, I think there's almost this unwritten rule that if you're single, you're not settled. Like there's, Absolutely. Um, you, know, you can be one of the most successful individuals in every aspect of your life. But if you're not married, people in our society say what's wrong or worse, they, you know, assume that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And I think because we live in this predominantly low-kyakenge society, people have this like desire to please others more than mm-hmm. even, you know, themselves. There's this constant, you know, I have to do this because what will so-and-so say or what will Correct. so-and-so think um, I think that is, you know, there's definitely an issue surrounding that. Right. I mean, first yeah. of all, I think the fact that the that the show producers uh, did not kind of push you guys to pursue mm-hmm. someone, I think that speaks volumes about the brand yeah. that is Netflix. Yeah. I think it's commendable. Yeah. So huge shout out to Netflix uh, <laughs> for that. I think that is phenomenal. And again, that is rare because, yeah. as you know, reality TV is you know, it has a bad reputation, but I think that yeah. they did a really great job with the show yeah. and, and the process. Yeah. So I respect that. Um, and yeah. as as I was mentioning earlier, you know, the show really brings to the forefront the, the, the crude reality of how matchmaking works, especially in the South Asian context. Um, and there is no denying that there is a stark difference between the kinds of criteria that are laid out for men and women individually, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed that for men, it's, and I'm not saying that it's limited to, but usually it's focused on what they do, their financial mm. grounding, you know, can they provide, um, can they guard their capacity to grow? Mm. And and unfortunately for women, it's a lot more focused on their appearance, which is, you know, their skin tone, how tall they are, their mm. freaking vital stats. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and most importantly, Importantly, I would say their age, you know, mm-hmm. um, I almost yeah. feel like women are almost um, and not just in the Indian matchmaking context, but in general, mm. women are mm-hmm. commoditized in the criteria part of things by our society. So what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I will say we are held to um, a, a different standard that's mm-hmm. across that's across the world. I think women no matter where you're from, you're held to a different standard than, you know, men are in our society. I think we have, we still have a lot of work to be done (laughs) in that area. Um, 
but you know, one thing I'll say is I'm so glad the show didn't shy away from topics mm. such as, you know, the very prevalent difference between um, women and men, um, colorism, definitely casteism, and even ageism, as you and I have mm-hmm. discussed. Um, and as you mentioned as well, I think in order for change to happen, it, we have to start by recognizing that a particular topic is an issue and having a conversation around it rather than, you know, I think there's one way to approach change, which is actually saying, like, let's discuss this. Let's if so many people have approached me, you know, in my own friend circle and said, because you were in this show, like my family and I have actually had a conversation now around, wow. around you know, is it okay for an older woman to be with a younger guy? Mm-hmm. You know, I think the one of the things I think of, I'm a big Bollywood buff and yeah. um you know one thing I, I that i constantly think of is when priyanka chopra first decided you know when the, her relationship with nick jonas came out mm-hmm. so many people right not just yep. indian people but so many people pointed out oh my gosh he's 10 years younger than her and i think they failed to recognize these are two individuals like they didn't care about anything else yeah. but it was like he's 10 years younger than her and i i just personally feel like you know you're not gonna accomplish anything by sticking your fingers in your ears and pretending like something isn't a problem like i think the fact even that it came to the forefront people were having discussions about and then continue to have them you know years later even a show like indian matchmaking can spark those conversations right i think that's really great Mm. um yeah and i think that that decision is between the two people like if they've agreed to enter civil partnership then i don't see why and i totally agree with you in fact i think I was so enraged by some of the comments that I saw right after, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they tied the knot that a lot of the people in Hindi were almost saying that, oh, my God, she's she doesn't need to have a child because she married a child, you know, mm. and I think that that's bizarre. Like my parents are 10 years apart. And if mm-hmm. you meet them, you really can't tell that, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. any age difference at all. I think it's all about your wavelength. Uh, if it yeah. matches, it matches. And that's it, you know. 100%. Um, and 100%. so there really is no denying, you know, speaking of age, that India, unfortunately, it fetishizes <laughs> young and it's young people, especially women, I would say. Um, and this mm-hmm. stigma is internalized over time to the point where the 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 relatively older women are almost made to feel like they are less desirable or that women belonging to an older age bracket are late to experience romance or sexuality and that the yeah. older they get their the shorter their shelf life get. I mean I hate to say this but it's true yeah. you know yeah. and, and yeah. it's almost as if um the society is keeping tabs on on our biological clocks um <laughs> it's true like and it's the most annoying yeah. thing ever you know and this actually reminds me that um in the show and this is from a viewer um standpoint is that when I was watching the show I remembered that when they displayed your and Vyasar's respective biodatas Mm -hmm. they specifically kind of highlighted your birth here um, Mm -hmm. which they didn't do for a lot of other people like for other people it was Mm -hmm. other stuff which the educated guess that I made was you know mostly they're trying to define the age gap between the two of you Um, how do you feel about that and I mean I'm asking because if, if Vyasar was older to you nothing would have been highlighted. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't mind that they highlighted it because it was and is true. Um, yeah. I am. 
seven years older than Yasser. So, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely agree that there is a stigma against older women. Um, I've definitely faced it outside of the show as well. Like I think, um, my, I'm, I'm 37, right? I'm not going to shy away from it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't feel 37. I don't think I look 37. Yeah. I most definitely don't act 37. Yeah. But, you know, I think people in our society have suggested, um, there's something wrong with me because I'm single mm-hmm. at this age. And I mentioned it earlier as well. And it's actually quite the opposite. Um, I'm extremely success- successful. I have a lot right with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd make a great partner. But yeah, I agree with you 100% that if a guy is older, it's almost celebrated. And you're right, probably nothing would have been highlighted. Mm. Um, I will say on the show, um, you know, going back to the show and, and the age difference between Gasser and I, I bring it up, right? I actually ask Yasser right. about it. I said to him, you know, does it phase you that I'm seven years older? Mm. And it didn't. And knowing, you know, Yasser and knowing who he is as a person, I can vouch for that, you know, that yeah. it didn't bother him. But I'm sure there are people that were, you know, watching that thinking, yeah, the, you know, that seven years is a big deal. That's a big age difference and kind of focusing and honing in on that. But yeah, they asked me as well. They said, he's seven years younger. Do you care Mm. when they made the match? You know, which was really, I thought like that was something that wasn't, you know, that people didn't know about, but probably people didn't see, you know, that conversation wasn't highlighted Mm. or wasn't shown on air, but they asked me as well. And I, you know, I, I, it didn't phase me. It didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think from a societal perspective, you know, marrying, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they asked you when that, you know, it was mm-hmm. all discussed. But, you know, in reality, the marrying a man younger than you is a thing to be ashamed of. That's mm-hmm. what people believe in, you know, that's yeah. what they believe. Yeah. And I feel like when men get older, like, correct me if I'm wrong, okay, because I've always noticed this in my mm. circle, that the older the man gets, uh, they're, you know, they're almost perceived as sexier with like pepper, <laughs> pepper hair and, and women for some reason become uh, old hags. And if people are feeling generous, they'll say, oh, graceful you know that's rare so age gap is an issue in our culture um when the woman is older but not when the man is um so was apart aside from the show has age gap been an issue for you like or have Mm -hmm. people in your circle ever made you very conscious of the fact that you may be uh quote-unquote you know delaying things yeah, yeah. I will say, um, Sabrine, as a just as a person, age honestly doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've primarily like if you were to look at my dating track record or like kind of take a data analysis of my dating yes. record, you'll see I've primarily dated guys that were younger than me. Right. Um I couldn't tell you like a particular reason why there isn't, I don't think there is one. It's just kind of the way it's happened. Mm. Um, And, you know, in with regards to my circle, I, I, you know, I, I try to surround myself um, with people that think like me and have similar outlooks and values. And I would say most of the people in my life are extremely encouraging, Um, you know, and there are times where I've been like, you know, why am I not, not, lately but I would say before the show even you know why am I not meeting somebody why can't I find a partner why am I still single you know I would ask myself those questions Mm. and I would say everyone in my 
in my, you know, my core group that I surround myself with, they would remind me um, that it's better to wait and sort of be single rather than be in a unhealthy and toxic relationship. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, again, just going back to your original question about age, like it's not an issue for me. I think people understand that things, things sort of happen when they're supposed to happen. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you definitely do come across as someone who's very kind of unbothered by that. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad because I think it sets yeah. a huge example for a lot of other women out there who are so kind of hyper conscious about their age and, you know, marrying conscious about marrying a younger guy. So I think mm-hmm. like a huge thank you for that. I think that's oh, that's so thanks. important, <laughs> you know, and in fact, you know, at one point in the show, I remember um you said to Vyasar, I believe that, you know, being a nice person does mm-hmm. not pay the bills. You know, yeah. I I mean, I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, and I loved your honesty, especially because one, you're getting to know someone in such a short period of time. It's a lot to process, yeah. right? Yeah. Second, you want to make sure that this person is kind of motivated and is looking to grow in life. And Seema mm. uh, Taparia, the, the, cons- the marriage consultant in the show, she mm. made a remark for why you did not move forward with her prescribed mm. match, that is Vyasar. So mm. do you want to talk to me a little bit about the real reason for why it didn't work out and and how Seema's reasoning may have made you feel? Yeah, I think there were um, a number of reasons it didn't work out between Vyasar and I. Mm. Um, you know, everyone has a right to their opinion, uh, including Seema, and she, you know, shared her opinion on screen. I, I really believe I stay true to who I am as a person. So mm. you, you know, um, kind of seeing that not knowing me sort of before the show, right? You, you, I, you had no idea who Manisha Das was when you right. watched Indian matchmaking. Um, and so for you to be able to see that, I think just, it, again, makes me feel like I, I made absolutely the right choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. You can only fit, you know, so much in a one hour episode about a person. I wasn't even in that episode for True. more than I think maybe 15 or 20 minutes. Um, but I think, you know, Every show has a purpose. At the end of the day, this is a television. Yes, it was a docu-series. Yes, it was, um, you know, reality, not edited. But every show has a purpose and a narrative for a story that, you know, the producers are trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the match didn't work out. But I feel grateful that I met, you know, a really amazing person right. um, who has become a friend. Vyasar and I are still friends. We still chat. Um, and I and even, like, I would say extend it even further and say like I've made many other friends through this process and since the show mm-hmm. um, has aired. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, of course, I think that you guys clearly had a great understanding even when you were kind of, you know, parting ways or yeah. you're like, it, it was very, you, you, you guys are very mature about it. So, yeah. Um, and you're right. Like I didn't know you at all, but yeah, just by, how you spoke I knew for sure that you did not say no because of uh, money or salary it really wasn't about that it was more about you were looking for a specific quality and you were hoping that because you're so accomplished and you're doing so many things in life that you obviously want to be with someone who's compatible with you at that level and this is not to say that Vyasar is not like ambitious but he has his own 
way of life, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. So, no, of course. And I, I kind of feel like that specific comment by the marriage consultant, mm. you know, I think at the end of the day, everything is interrelated, you know, even even yeah. in like modern, so to say, like really modern households um, where both men and women work. Many grooms they they want to exclusively marry younger brides, and mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion, I think this is because longer work experiences they come with seniority and of course a meatier pay package. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, their kind of like ego has been pampered for thousands of years <laughs> uh, yeah. by by patriarchy, and they find it hard mm-hmm. to be married to a woman who earns more than them. You know, uh, traditionally women are almost second class citizens in on the economic mm-hmm. front. So you yeah. clearly came across as someone who was looking to marry. You know, someone who was driven, who was motivated to you know climb the corporate ladder or whatever else, mm-hmm. not just the corporate mm-hmm. ladder, but in life. You know crush yeah. goals and so what is your take specifically on this whole pay gap issue and how women earning more is almost a problem in our society yeah yeah i'm throwing will, start- by the way i'm throwing all these like <laughs> major societal like bombs no, these are you. great these awesome. are great questions and one of the reasons why i was so excited and i'm so excited to be on the show like i think it's uh, these are extremely important questions to ask and mm-hmm. things to talk about. And I'm so, I mean, I'm really grateful that this TV show again has inspired these conversations mm-hmm. because they're so important. I will say, I mean, I'll start off by saying, I don't think it's a problem if a woman earns more than mm-hmm. a, a man in a, in a, or any other, like, I just don't think that's a problem. Right. First off. Um, I think, as women, though, we also need to take ownership and pride in the accomplishments that we achieve. I think mm-hmm. so often we sort of um, that we we don't allow ourselves to shine as brightly as, as we could because, you know, we want to sort of hide in the shadows of somebody else's accomplishments. And we we've done great things. Right. Um, you know, I I. I constantly am in awe. I mean, even what you're doing, this podcast, this is so amazing. I mean, Aww. I think, you know, I really think that we we don't give ourselves enough credit mm-hmm. um, for all the amazing accomplishments that we, you know, we've achieved. Um, I'll also just say that pay, pay disparity is a very real thing. Um, and it gets worse, especially, in you know, uh, amongst women of color in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um you know, my take on it, it, it is a very, uh, it needs to change. It's a very prevalent issue that needs to change. And I think um, a catalyst specifically to, you know, resulting to this change is is women supporting women, women in every sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so often um, women have to go through really challenging, I'm talking about just, you know, in the corporate world, say, women have to go through really challenging things to kind of reach a position of power. Um, And I think why, if, if we've, like, if I've gone through something very challenging to say, reach a specific, you know, place within an organization, I am going to make it my goal to make sure nobody ever has to go through that again. Mm -hmm. No woman, especially, you know, um, we shouldn't have to like 
if if one person can just like clear the muck out of the way, mm-hmm. then you know it's unfortunate, yeah, that one person had to do it by herself. But yeah, let's let's continue to build each other up. I think it's so important for women to support other women. Right, and I think like you really have to be the change you want to see. So the more you yes. start believing in your own abilities, I think uh, the better you're making this world for other women. Uh, honestly, like yeah, one person agreed. speaks up, everyone starts to speak up. You know, yeah. um, and I think like I was saying this earlier. You know, I mm-hmm. I really like that you were asking like you were truly taking charge of your situation and you were asking all yeah. the burning questions um which is a, which is something a lot of women shy away from or are mm-hmm. generally kind of advised by people uh, not to ask uh, you know until after marriage yeah. right yeah. and um, i'll and i'll add too sorry just really quick mm-hmm, sure. i i I've, I've not asked those questions previously in relationships right until much later in the game you know, mm-hmm. um, so I'll, I'll say like, this is not, this was atypical for me as well. And, and an area of growth for me because mm-hmm. I've realized, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure future dates and relationships are not going to be on camera. Right. right, right. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be, you know, I've been on dates since then and they've not been on camera, you know, they've been on, you know, they've been very normal, you know, run of the mill, if you will, dates. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still, I think it's still important to ask those questions. Maybe not the first date, maybe not the second date, but I think, you know, before you make a life altering decision, like marriage, that changes you everything, know, everything. Everything. It's a game changer. And I think before you change, make that change in your life, you need to be sure about who that other person is and what, you know, what their views are on very important things. Mm-hmm. So foundations, essentially, of a relationship. Right. Um, and so that's I will say, like, I, I've never done I've never um, asked those questions in a relationship that early on. But Yasser and I were atypical from the start. You know, I've right. also never met. <laughs> yeah. Never met. A guy's whole family on the, on the, the yes. very first time I meet him. I, so. I was a little overwhelmed by that, but I kind of feel like his family was very chilled out. So I think that was good. Yeah, they were, they um, were and, great. and one thing actually that I thought was very interesting and refreshing about that was that typically in a very South Asian scenario, it's the guy's mm. family who comes over to the girl's mm. family, and then you see the whole the 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 tea the tea shenanigans, whatever <laughs> it is. Like I'm glad that. Yeah shy snacks <laughs> yeah i'm glad that that wasn't you know so that was really nice to see that the woman is actually coming to the guy's place to yeah. hash it out so i think yeah. that was really nice um and i think you know for like you said it's important to sort of chat about the fundamentals ask the burning mm. questions and you were being atypical which i'm glad that you did that yeah. um yeah but in your investor's case you had like a huge factor, which is distance. You know, it was obviously mm. a very critical piece of the equation. And, um, and like Seema Tapario, the consultant, she said a lot about how in lots of like Indian weddings, the couples maintain mm. a long distance relationship and it was positioned as normal. When in reality, we all know that um, long distance relationships are really hard because especially when mm. sort of distance conspires against two people, um, um, it is. It also often means, unfortunately, that "quote unquote" eventually the woman will move wherever the guy is. Like mm. you know. Now, question for you. <laughs> this is going to be a mouthful. What is your stand on the subject? Um, would you move your base 
entirely and mm. and the finale question for this segment <laughs> is would you ever consider moving in with your in-laws ha yeah that is <laughs> that's a very loaded question yeah i'll say okay so i'm going to start with the first thing i think relationships are challenging and difficult no matter what mm. and yes long distance definitely adds that sort of extra layer of complications right you throw mm-hmm. in long distance time difference just i mean people have lives right outside of their relationship too and so just different things happening you're not there to see those things sort of unfold if you were sort of in the same you know same city or same place mm-hmm. um i i've always um seen relationships and more so now since india matchmaking as a partnership and i think both people involved have to be equally vested um and both people there i say this make compromises mm-hmm. um not just one person i think if one person is doing um all the compromising it's not a compromise it's a sacrifice and i think there's a yeah. big difference between the two um i'm willing to compromise i'm not willing to sacrifice and i think that like just understanding sort of the difference between those is is really critically important as well mm. um to answer your question though um or your questions on whether whether I would move my base and whether I'd consider moving in with my in-laws I think every situation is different right. um and it would really depend on the factors at play for me in in that you know specific relationship or what you know what was what was sort of happening in the you know how serious is it what's at stake things like that I would take all those factors into consideration um but I do feel pretty confident in myself that I'm going to make the right decision for myself and the partnership which you know would be again um deciding factors um i also think you know just talking again about women supporting women i think women should be confident in whatever decision that they have to make that suit their personal situation um whether right. it's something conservative such as moving in with your in-laws or moving their base to where their partner is um i will say i've moved around a lot in my life um and i'm not afraid of change if the mm. situation were to call for it wow i wish i could <laughs> say the same <laughs> <laughs> you've moved around a lot as well though you've I've, been you've been to a lot of different places i've moved around a lot but i think for me uh it's hard for me to live with a lot of people i have to say mm. i mm. fall into a disarray i get very very overwhelmed I get especially oh. with the um, expectations so I think expectation yes. management is not my strong suit. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm fine as long as we're not living together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite. I love being around. I growing up it was just my mom, dad, sister and I. Yeah. Um I love like vacations to India were my favorite because all of us would kind of just get together in one house. Yeah. I love being around people. The more the merrier. It's yeah. my my sort yeah. of um take on that no I, i mean that's amazing <laughs> i wish i had that yeah. um but like what are some of your non-negotiables when it comes to marriage um and and partnerships like you know what not partnerships partnership <laughs> i mean it's up to you but what are what are some of the fundamentals kind of worth considering when me when meeting with a prospective match yeah i think That's a great question. I think um firstly I would say empathy um for the relationship for mm. us as individuals um for our families for our society and even globally. I think you need mm-hmm. to uh, if somebody was not empathetic towards sort of all those 
aspects and areas in life. I think that's something that I would probably say is a deal breaker. Um, and then I think the other um, sort of non-negotiable is the desire and drive to be better and continuously evolving. I'm always looking for ways to improve myself. I don't think there's a single day that goes by where I said at the end of the day, I usually like journal or, you know, have like um, just, you know, sort of list. I used to do a, a gratitude journal and I've, I've filled like several nice. journals now, gratitude journals. Um, but now sort of, I just think about like, okay, you know, what can I do? Today's over. Obviously there's nothing I can change about what sort of happened. What can right. I do tomorrow that will make me better? What can I do that, you know, that will mm. make tomorrow better than today? And so I, I think that constant desire and drive to be better and do better. Um, that's also a pretty, I would say like a non-negotiable mm-hmm. uh, thing for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when you write things down, you're more likely to achieve your goals than yeah. when you don't. So I think that's something that I've always struggled with. I mean, I'm, there's mm. a lot to be grateful for. But I think just kind of taking a moment to write it all down really helps you process yeah. Um, yeah. the trivialities of life. So I think that's awesome. And um, okay, so a little bit to the fun. Well, everything was fun, <laughs> but lighter, yes. <laughs> lighter. Yeah, because I've been throwing some very heavy questions at you. Um, how has the social media world been to you since the show? I mean, uh, tell me everything, you know, followers, haters, trolls. What are people saying to you? Tell me all about it. Yeah, um, I it's definitely, I'm so grateful, I'll say, for all the love and support, first of all. Mm. Um, I'm loving the memes. The memes are literally <laughs> my favorite thing. I'm like, this is great. Like, they are, I was always a memes person. I love, um, you know, just scrolling through and kind yeah. of looking at memes. I never thought I would be the subject of a meme. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been fun to see some of those. And I, I you know, I think it's really funny. My, I have, um, like, little groups on Instagram with, like, my various friends groups and people will send me things or my, you know, my sister and my cousins and I are in one will send things to each other. So um, I, I will say sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming because right. it, it feels like, I think, like, I don't remember the date. I should remember the date, but July 16th, I think the show released. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was July 16th. And it feels like July 16th, I, I stayed up the, the night of the 15th because it releases like midnight LA yeah. time. Yeah. So I stayed up because I was like, I need to see like what happened. You know, I yeah. remember going to bed pretty late that night or, or early in the morning rather. And I remember waking up and just feeling like what just happened. Like it almost feel like a dream, <laughs> Sabrine, because I can tell you, I, I did not expect. And it's just like sort of exponentially increasing. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's, you know, it can be a lot sometimes for somebody who is, I'm, I'm normal. I'm just like, I, I don't consider myself to be any more of a famous person than, mm-hmm. you know, you or anybody oh else God. that, you know, kind of has, yeah. <laughs> has um, put themselves out there on a, on a platform. And honestly, when I did this show, I was like, oh, you know, Indian people will watch it or South Asian people will watch it because it's called Indian matchmaking. So yeah. duh, like we're, we're, you know, they're going to tune into it. I did not expect the oh, global yeah. response Everyone. that the show, um, everyone's watching it. Yeah. I, people, I mean, I did a, I think I told you earlier, I did a podcast this week in London and they were saying like all their, even British coworkers are watching yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I was talking to family in Australia last night and they were saying, Oh yeah. Like one of their colleagues who's Australian said, Oh, I just watched, watched the show called Indian matchmaking, you know? And, yeah. um, 
I've gotten I've gotten some people have sent me their bio data. They've slid into my DMs with their bio data, oh which I think is cute. Yeah, it's cute. Um, um, it's you know, it's again just like every day. I like I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is great. Like it's so I'm so extremely grateful for the love and the support. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it can definitely be overwhelming, but I think that. Yes. Oh man, like just waking up in the morning and what you know to to is kind of watch your following climb. It it can be a bit like, wait, what is going on? So yeah, um, yeah, and I agree. I mean, like everyone has been watching it. I really wasn't expecting it. I was thinking that you know people don't really have the context for why this happens, but I guess yeah, that there's yeah. an element of like curiosity because I know a lot of my American friends are raving about mm. it. So I think mm. that's great. that it's it's source of entertainment for a lot of people yeah. um yeah yeah and i'll say too quickly that you know like south asian sort of marriages and um relationships have always been like had a fascination right our weddings mm-hmm. last what five to yeah. seven days like you know it's it's an ordeal when yes. when two south asian people are or just you know there's a south asian wedding and i'll say too like i think that that fascination is there for sure um and you know the show starts off with a shaadi so i'm sure people are like oh i get to watch an indian wedding you know it's yep. exciting um but then i think the other aspect too is that like and the show sort of does a really great job at depicting this love relationships um marriage those are global Mm-hmm. phenomenons that i think people all over the like irrespective of what your race background is right. like it's complicated it gets mm-hmm. complicated no matter what so i think a lot of people identified with that aspect of the show as mm-hmm. well too and amid all this craziness mm. uh where do your parents stand on the <laughs> subject of marriage today yeah yeah they're they're hopeful they're optimistic mm-hmm. um they were so proud of me after watching the episodes which was really great cuz i was nervous you know when i i watched i stayed up that night you know alone of course um and the next morning i woke up i was like oh my god you guys i want you to watch it like and i remember everybody had to go to work and they're like we have to work and i was like no oh, please like just take half an hour like we can watch the whole series later but i want you guys to watch it so it was really important to me to kind of yeah, see of what they you know cuz they're they're my world my everything and so i you know i remember both of them just telling me um individually collectively my sister as well just saying like how proud of me they were because this is something that took an enormous amount of courage i want yeah, people to absolutely. understand like it's not easy to say oh yeah i'm going to go on a show and be matched with a stranger mm-hmm. and you know put my i i literally put my life out there so yeah. and i think for to hear like how um proud of me they were after watching the episodes and they still maintain like my happiness is the most important thing to them so that's mm-hmm. it's been you know it's been really great to see um see that have their love and support of course. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. just incredible how you talk about your parents and how supportive mm. your family is in general and and I agree with you. I think it's not just about being on a show and getting popular. It's you know you're exposing a lot of the um vulnerable corners of your soul and mm-hmm. that's that's not easy. Um yeah. but do you have something to say to your future partner? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. Very cheesy. You're what? I'm waiting. Aww, that is the sweetest <laughs> <No>. thing. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I am. I am also waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're, we've got a lot of people waiting now in tow. So I would just definitely encourage them 
It's time mm-hmm. to show show your show yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Manisha. We've actually reached uh, the end of the episode. Uh, this this part is always uh, dismal felicity for me because you know I'm so glad that I got to speak with you, and then I'm also sad because it's come to an end. Uh, but Aww. but only only on on the podcast front. And by the way, just so you know, once you do a podcast episode with me, you're kind of stuck with me. So that's <laughs> great. You know, I'm yeah. so happy. <laughs> well, I am so happy that. you know i was able to do this uh with you and i'm so full of gratitude for you know having you in my life as a friend now um yeah. i feel like hopefully when we meet it's going to be a fun fest and uh, yes. i would love to meet your mom um, uh <laughs> Yeah, I'll definitely after post COVID there's a lot of uh travel destinations and yep. I definitely will include yours. Yay. Yours will be a stop and I'll bring my mom for sure. Yay. <laughs> um and so this last section is really, mm. you know, the advice section or the takeaway section and so so Manisha, what advice do you have for um not just well women but you know, I would say a little bit specific to women who are kind of dealing with the challenges of um ageism in this crazy world and are looking for mm. genuine love and partnership how can they take charge of the situation yeah um so i'll say this is um anyone that knows me i think just knows how much i love quotes mm-hmm. um and um there was there's this tv show called crazy anatomy i don't love. know if you watch it or not okay good <laughs> <laughs> i figured i yeah. i, I, I Um there's a scene in season 10 between um Meredith and Christina right their best of friends and Christina says to Meredith um don't let what he wants eclipse what you need he's very dreamy but he's not the sun you are That's And powerful. I I would say that to every woman out there in search of love and a partner um and yeah I mean additionally I'll just add some quick snippets of advice um dust settles people don't um age is genuinely just a number you're only as young or as old as you feel mm-hmm. um follow your heart's compass and then my very very favorite quote if i could just add quickly sure. um it's the most beautiful people we know are those who have known defeat known suffering known struggle known loss and have found their ways out of the depths These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. And that's a wow. quote by Elizabeth Kubler. Yeah. You should be the one hosting the podcast. I mean, you have the voice for it. Thank you. That's yeah. so sweet. No, of, of course. Like I was just listening to you and I'm like, wait, who's the host here? She's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. And um any any last words before we wrap up Manisha? Yeah, I just say thank you for having me. Oh. Um I'm so glad we connected. Yeah. Um, you've no idea and I definitely feel like I've most certainly found a new friend. <laughs> um and it, again it's such an honor to be on your amazing podcast. Oh. No, I mean thank you Manisha. I'm I'm so highly indebted to you for, you know, taking the time to join me and I hope that, you know, we can do this again sometime. Um I I cannot wait to hang out with you in person. Um I would also like to take a moment to give a huge shout out to to all our listeners for tuning in. Um thank you for always um uh, what do you say like right swiping on my <laughs> podcast and uh, yeah. as always i will see you guys next week till then yeah. chin up <laughs> <laughs>